Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Hey everybody, it's day 68 of our 90 day challenge. The topic for today is sufficient grace for an insufficient me. Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the first through the 10th verse. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to a paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that ends our reading for today. The topic again is sufficient grace for an insufficient me. Most people won't appreciate grace until they need it themselves. As I reflect on the top lessons I've learned in life, Grace stands above them all. I used to be the poster child for perfectionism, a virgin until I got married, straight A's in college, scholarships and invites and likes and praise and followers and favor and all night shut-ins. <laughs> I was self-righteous and didn't even know it. I silently judged people for not being like me. I was naive and underexposed. I hadn't lived long enough yet. Then I met the valley. Life taught me a lesson church did not prepare me for. I hurt people who loved me and found myself in the prayer room with nothing to say. As Peter Scazzaro says in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I hit a wall. My faith was totaled and my insurance didn't cover the balance due. I was living a lie and learning my lines day by day. In short, I needed grace. 
The first sermon I ever heard on grace was preached in Durham, North Carolina, while I was earning my second master's degree. It sounded good, but it seemed too cheap to fit within my perfectly decorated theological closet. Imagine living for at least 23 years of your life with a theology absent of grace. Imagine the residue and the recovery process and the Freudian slips I've had in books I wrote and sermons I preached. Imagine having an abscess in your soul, but not sure where to go for surgery. My compartmentalized Christianity was insufficient to handle the unedited version of me. I was faking. I was trying to please everybody and slipped into a perpetual cycle of pretense. I once was blind, but now I see. I now see that Jesus without grace is not Jesus at all. I now see that Jesus will empower you to tell the truth because the truth will make you free. I now see that everybody needs a little more grace because life is no joke. As I allow these worship lessons to wash over me like a healing balm, I am learning to apologize quicker, listen better, and stay with people until the end of the movie. Plot twists are real. People are trying. Some people are trapped and don't know how to get out. Some people are hurting and indeed hurt people hurt people. But if hurt people hurt people, then healed people heal people. This is the kind of guy I hope to be. I hope to live the rest of my days helping hard hearts heal. 2 Corinthians 12 gives us an up-close and personal view of vulnerability, honesty, frustration, disappointment, and love. We may never fully grasp this, but God is crazy about us. Time and time again, Christ endured discomfort just to make sure we didn't fall. Even now, when we sleepwalk into disobedience, God keeps us from all harm. He becomes the bumpers in our bowling alley, making sure we don't end up in the gutter. His mercy moves us out of harm's way and his love watches over us while we sleep. Of all the parents I know, God is the most protective of them all. This is what grace means to me. It is that soft, heated blanket that keeps my chilling soul warm. Grace is Christ's pillow prep in case I toss and turn in the middle of the night. There is perhaps no worse feeling than to be too cold and to have no means to regulate it. But when your mother wraps that cozy quilt around your shivering body, you snuggle in and inhale the memories of past times when this blanket warmed you. In minutes, you are fast asleep even though the temperature in the room hasn't changed at all. In the same way, God knows the temperature of your room. And for some of us, it's below zero. The good news is you won't freeze to death. Even if the climate never changes around you, God's presence is a blanket of grace, a kind of grace that takes our weariness into consideration. This grace sets the table for you and pays the bill before you ever experience hunger pangs. Yes, this is that smothering kind of grace like gravy on pork chops. And this grace is sufficient for you in times of weakness. And I am so hungry. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Paul's thorn had a purpose. It was a birthday gift from God to keep Paul humble. 
Check out the message version of this same scripture we read. I love how the writer chops it up into small pieces. 2 Corinthians 12 and 6, the message version says, If I had a mind to brag a little, I could probably do it without looking ridiculous, and I'd still be speaking plain truth all the way, but I'll spare you. I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. Wow. If I'm confident about anything, I am confident in this. God's grace is enough. He knows the frame of our future and he loves us too much to leave us out here in the cold. Paul's thorn was a holy handicap. My thorn is a holy handicap. Every time I drive up to special parking, I am reminded to be humble. If our bodies were picture perfect, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. Grace is working. If we could sing every note on the scale, we wouldn't be singing in church. I'll tell you that much. Grace is working. If that unexpected pain didn't pop us every once in a while, we would think we were invincible. Grace is working. Our thorns are divine door stoppers that keep our hearts open to the world. So take a little time to rest in the arms of grace. It doesn't make sense to play creator and creation at the same time. It doesn't make sense to worry about the what ifs of life. God's surveillance of protection never runs out of mercy, never runs out of memory, never runs out of grace. God's sensitivity to your movement is faster than the speed of light. His grace will keep you warm and his love will keep you safe. And that ends our worship thought today. Wow. The worship work is to remember this. Whatever you've been clinging to, give it to God and trust that God will make up the difference. God has sufficient grace for an insufficient you. Let's pray. Grace dispenser. Mercy embodied. We give you glory for your grace. We don't know where we would be without your grace. And we thank you that you love us in spite of us. Help us to remember and to embrace grace. Help us today to give it to God. Help us today to write down a few things that we will give to you and release once and for all. Because your grace it's enough. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters into mercy. And nothing can keep us apart.
nothing that I've earned but daily grace saves me say
you raise your hand, say, I've got a seed in the ground. Come on, open your mouth, say, I've got a seed in the ground. And I don't care what your circumstance says. It's already getting better.